They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you guys here today. I have a special guest for you. She has an amazing story, an amazing story of just lots of different adversities in her life that she's dealt with that have really affected her and helped her propel forward in a positive way. And so I would like to introduce to you Deanna Lovano. Deanna has become a certified high-performance coach. She's a life coach, trauma support specialist. She's a dating coach, and she's a speaker to work through her dark seasons of her life. So she speaks to be able to just get through that, and I love that part of it. That's great. She's had lots of things in her life. She's had parents that were narcissists, alcoholics, trauma, tragic, toxic marriage. She's been through even some major issues with hurricanes and earthquakes and just life-threatening illnesses, just so many things that she's dealt with in her life. And she's overcome that. And now she is thriving and, and is on top. But we want to hear her story. So without further ado, I'm going to talk to Deanna. Deanna, tell us where you started and where you were at when all of this started happening. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. That sounded like a really bad movie coming. coming <laughs> but spoiler alert, happy ending. Yeah. So I am probably where a lot of your audience members are. I had pretty much everything I thought I wanted out of life. On paper, it looked like I had the ideal life. And yet I was unfulfilled and unhappy. And I was asking myself this question of, am I where I thought I would be by now in my life? And the answer took me by surprise because materialistically and in so many other ways, yes, I had achieved goals I set. But spiritually and as a person, I was broken and so unhappy and I could not figure out why. And that sent me on that personal development quest that so many of us take. We should be happy, we're not. We have little signs that we ignore. We have those relationships that we're in that maybe aren't horrible, but there's something we know inherently is not right and not serving us. Throughout many things that had happened over time, what I discovered was the root cause of my unhappiness actually stemmed from the fact that I had a narcissistic parent and I didn't even know that affected my entire life. So imagine 
everything that I had worked for, my entire identity was non-existent. I was a high achiever because it was a coping mechanism for a lack of love. I was born to a mother who did not want me and did not love me. And that was confirmed by my own family. Things I didn't make up. And what had happened is over time, it manifested in all areas of my life, including my relationships. What I discovered was I really went into the deep dive of my faith, spirituality. I was at that time learning about high performance habits through Brennan Bouchard, and that's what led me to become a high-performance coach. But the basis of everything was focus on the future, and that is what got me through a lot of really difficult times. So I bounced from severe depression. I lost 15 pounds in two weeks. I'm not a big girl. I, at the time, was 112 pounds. So that by anyone's standards, and I'm only 5'2", but being under 100 pounds when you're over 40 is never a good thing. Right. Wow. I was described antidepressants. Of course, I wasn't sleeping. I, I went through a lot, and I just decided that I didn't want to see a therapist. I didn't want to go see a psychiatrist. I didn't want to take the meds, and I made a deal with my GP who discovered all these things. And I said, look, if I don't drop one more pound in a week and I get myself through this, you know, can we hold off on seeing the therapist taking the meds? And he said, yes. So I- Good for you. How many people end up taking medication and trying to, and and I'm not knocking medication because I know people need it. There are people that need it, but good for you to say, hey, can I try something else instead of just going straight to the meds? And I love that. So sorry, continue that story. Yeah, no, thank you. And I am the first one to say part of the reason, you know, of course, everything is hindsight and I can see what happened is I believe that therapy and meds are needed for many people to get over the hump. It's, there are some really difficult times and I can honestly, having had the suicidal thoughts and having gone in that super deep, dark place, I would never tell someone not to seek medical advice. I agree. It is necessary for many people. Having said that, I do also believe, and I do know now that you can stop the therapy, can get off the antidepressants. Not everyone. I understand that. But if you're in that phase of life where you're just getting onto those meds and seeking that mental health advice, it's because it's just a temporary space right now in your life and you can get through it. So I got through it. I am, you know, I'm human. I continue to work on things like everyone else. But right now I'm at the point in life where I have sustainable happiness. And I worked really hard and I still work hard daily to maintain that level of joy and happiness on my terms. It's not an easy thing to do. It's hard work. It's work for life. I will forever be on a healing journey, so to speak. But by most people's standards, I am healed. One of the hardest things for me to discover was the fact that I knew I had toxic relationships. I know my childhood wasn't the best. I never dwelled on that. 
but I didn't understand what true narcissistic abuse is, what the effects are, and that's the reason why I was damaged. Can you tell us a little bit about that for those that are listening that maybe don't understand it? Yes, I'd be happy to, and thank you for asking. Narcissistic abuse is in some ways different than dealing with someone who is a narcissist. I hate to say right now we have a leader in place. I don't care if you like him or you don't. By most people's definitions, and he is truly a narcissist. It's people we know who always have to have the attention, the spotlight. But narcissistic abuse is very easily identified by how that person makes you feel. And there are many common phrases and indications of it. One of the most common things that a narcissist will make you feel is that you're going crazy. There's not a single person I have met who hasn't come out of relationship with a narcissist where they haven't said that exact phrase. You do feel like you're going crazy. You will say something and they'll tell you a couple days later, you never said that. Or they will say, I never said that. You are always blamed for everything. They rarely, if ever, apologize or say, I'm sorry. They always have to have the attention reverted back to them. So in my situation, you know, I thought back to my mom, but I thought back to even more recently, I was in a short-term relationship with a boyfriend who turned out to be a narcissist. And, you know, I always look at things as blessings. There's lessons in all of the journeys and stories we have. That's the most important thing to remember, even though it can be really challenging. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. That relationship was a blessing because it exposed harm I've had my entire life and didn't know it. And he broke that open for me. And that's what made me had the biggest breakthrough of my life. So when one day something really tragic happened and I was very upset and he turned it back to him and said, oh, I know you probably had a hard day and I know it's hard for you, but by the way, oh, I'm really sore and I'm really tired. And what are you going to make for dinner? Which sounds so flippant, like looking at it from the outside, a normal person would say, what a jerk, right? But this has been going on for months. And in my case, years because of my parent who groomed me to behave that way. So narcissistic uh, people who get into narcissistic relationships were trained to be healers, to be listeners, to be people pleasers, to be overachievers. So a lot of our problems are masked underneath our coping abilities and what we've been doing to cope. And one day it finally breaks open. And when you know you have a problem, you can't unknow it. And that was what just really set, reset the pace for me. So I had come out of this toxic marriage, worked really hard to better myself and and find my purpose. And then to be set back again by my dad who suffered a stroke the day I moved cross country. My son in college for second year calling me saying, mom, I know you're a coach, but something's wrong and discovering he's suffering from social anxiety and I have to get him on medication. It was a lot. So, you know, life is totally ups and downs and peaks and valleys. And that was more than what was humanly possible at the time. But through 
the combination of methods that I now um, I've used on myself and has been proven to help other people, I now have sustainable happiness. So when the crap really happens, when hard stuff happens, the lows don't stay low for very long. Yes, I agree. Yes, I cry. And yes, girls, I will break out that bottle of wine faster than anybody else and have a <laughs> or two sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's a difference between a choice and a need. I don't need it to calm me down. It's a choice and decision to have that glass of wine because I know it's more of a ritual to me of I need to slow things down because things are not going great right now. And I just need to recalibrate. And this is how I do it. I light the candle. I put on the music. I put on a funny YouTube video, whatever it takes. And then I just reset. So what I described maybe takes me 15 minutes. That's it. If that long. And going through so many hardships has taught me is that it's so much more than life is too short. For me, it's what is the legacy I'm leaving in this world? For me, legacy is not my legacy. I'm spiritual and I'm faithful. It's God's legacy. What is the message I am carrying through? I am just an outlet for his voice, one of many, many beautiful voices on this planet to continue to spread his message. I feel that's needed now more than ever. So all of this, this coaching, what I do and helping people, serving others is so not about me. It's about, I'm the conduit. I know the pain people are going through right now. It's hard to see their way out, but I'm here to tell them it's so much more than hope. It's doable. It's doable. Happiness is very, very accessible if you want it badly enough. I didn't want it. I needed it. I have been at so many places in my life. I needed to be happy. Otherwise, what was the point? And just different people that came in my life at different times when I needed to hear those messages, trusting my intuition, getting those weird signals when you don't understand why it's coming into your life. And now I know why you know, different books that I happen to pick up. And then I listen to some random podcast or watch a YouTube video. And that same book is referenced. There's a chance, huh? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, there's I a have that happen too. phenomena, which I always forget, but it, it's proven. It's, so whether it's spiritual laws, which absolutely are part of that, or you can scientifically prove it. There's all kinds of reasons why these things happen. And that is what I want to share with others to get them out of the place so they can create the impact and legacy they're meant to leave on this earth. Awesome. So there was a few things you talked about. You're always on this healing journey. So, you know, it never ends, does it? It's like, you know, we're always improving. We're always trying to do more in our life, right? And that's what it sounds like you're doing. You're continuing to improve, continuing to, sounds like you're reading books and you're getting more education. You're learning, you're growing, you're expanding that. And I love that. And you also talked about as you had a narcissistic parent, you also picked narcissistic relationships. So tell me a little bit about that, because is that not a pattern that we sometimes get in when we have 
certain situations in our life. For those that are listening, I just want them to see that there are sometimes patterns. Absolutely. When you are in any kind of toxic relationship, especially if it falls under the definition of domestic violence, because there are different forms of domestic violence, we fall into a pattern for numerous reasons. Uh, The first is that, and our bodies are actually wired to connect with those patterns and they're predictable. So we would rather choose the devil we know instead of the devil we don't. It's because we're familiar with it, isn't it? And it's what feels, and I know too, because, you know, there's so many that, that, I mean, I myself have done it. I have clients that do it. it. It's like this repetitious pattern that just keeps going over and over until we recognize it. Isn't that the first stage? I find that when you can recognize that, you can then shift it. In some cases, yes. And in some cases, no. Mm-hmm. The awareness comes at different levels, but absolutely, awareness is key. What is challenging is that just because we know something's bad for us doesn't mean we can control it and stop it. It's why we have true physical addictions mm-hmm. to drugs, right? So unfortunately, and I can speak specifically to narcissistic abuse and domestic violence in general, it's, part of, it's actually part of why I became a trauma support specialist. I needed to know what happened to me. Our brains are literally altered. The toxic person is like a hit of heroin for us. So when we feel the highs, we feel the highs. And when we feel the lows, we feel the lows. Our Mm -hmm. body chemically reacts to that person as if they are our personal drug. So awareness is not enough in that you can tell a drug addict or somebody who thinks they're alcoholic and may even jokingly admit they're alcoholic, they're aware. It doesn't mean they're going to stop. And part of that is because of their brain and the way their body is wired. Well, that's interesting you say that because I have a daughter that actually had an addiction and and she, you know, yes, she knew that she was in a bad place. She did. But I don't think she really got to the mindset that I'm kind of talking about until she actually got off the drugs. And then she looked back and she went, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that I was that bad, that I affected everyone that bad. So I think that you're right. When you're in the midst of it and you have the addiction, it's hard to see the real picture. You, you maybe know some, but I don't think they really know the whole picture because they're so involved in their own addiction that they don't see it. So I think there is yes and and no in some situations because they might say they're aware, but I don't think they're really aware. No, exactly. Does that make sense? You know, that's part of what I discovered for myself and so many women have, so many people have obviously figured their way out. What I now know and what helps my clients and anyone who wants to understand more of what's going on is it's actually the impact they have on others. That is usually the the motivating factor for people to really want to change for the better and transform Mm -hmm. their lives. For myself, I just had that aha moment of my, it was all about my kids, even though they were older and in high school, it was, how is this 
relationship that they see between my myself and their dad affecting them? Am I showing up as my best self every day? And that was part of the self-discovery personal development process. It was truly, how is my life impacting the lives of those around me? That was a big wake-up call. For most of us mamas, it's always about the kids. And even then, sometimes that may not be enough, which is fine. Like, no judgment there. It's like you can't help yourself sometimes. But for me, it was truly, you know, I'm around a bunch of people I really don't like. I don't fit in this community. What does that look like to my kids? What kind of message am I sending to them? What kind of message am I sending to my family and other people around me I did care about? And that was, you know, another huge pivotal moment for me. And that's what helps so many women. And part of when I speak with women or speak in small groups is I like to help them take the focus actually off of them and more the focus on how they're impacting the world and those around them. And not in a bad way, just in a general way. Mm -hmm. We all watch each other. We all judge each other, whether we like it or not. We see somebody dressed a certain way and we have a snap judgment. The person in the suit we think is powerful, successful, like those are the things. We see a mom yelling at her kid in the grocery store. We instantly have a perception about that relationship and that person. That's true. In, in a weird way, we're in this culture of social media, selfies and selfishness, but at the same time, what we're promoting to the outside world is probably not what we want to have people perceive about us. And we, and many of us are doing it in such a benign way. We're not showing up as our authentic selves. We're not showing up as the joyful and happy person we could be at a completely different level. And that's where I found myself. I, by everyone's standards, honestly, I was successful and happy. I've always been happy. People see me now and who, who know me, you know, been on my journey with me. And they truly say, you are such a different person. You are so much happier. You're just so alive. You're so bright. We have this aura around us that mm-hmm. really, and this energy that people perceive. So that is really a huge part of breaking out of a bad situation is think about the impact you have around, uh, you know, with the people around you. So what would you say was the biggest transition for you when you went from this situation to where you are now? What made the biggest difference for you? The biggest difference for me was that combination of faith, my tribe, and focusing on the future, just constantly striving to do better. I knew that, you know, the people around me was a small group because I knew I needed basically the best team. I'm a marathon runner. (laughs) Yeah, everything for me is sports and food analogies. I'm a marathon runner. If you don't have the right team, the right nutrition, the right support, the right energy, it's, it could be ugly, you may not even finish, or you can completely crush it. And so I truly built that team of people to help build me to sustain what was quite literally a marathon journey to go from being completely broken to successful and happy. 
So it is that combination of people, spirituality, and future thinking that they're called high performance habits, but you can call them whatever you like. It's just doing all the right things and following the rules of life and you'll find happiness and sustainable happiness, not false happiness. Right. No, I love that. I love that you kind of, you talked about your tribe and it really is. It's like a tribe of people that you can rally around you and kind of support you and help you because we all need that help and that guidance and that push, you know, to kind of keep moving us forward and keep us accountable too. And I love the faith in, in how you're focusing on more of the future. And I mean, you have to have goals. We have to have goals and things to shoot for. But it also, it sounds like you were in the present with what was going on in the moment, but yet shooting for some really huge goals that you had in your life as well. And I really love that. And I think when we have a higher purpose, we have something more meaningful to shoot for, to, to do. It really does make us thrive and, and achieve great things in our lives. And so I really love that about you. So I know that you're a coach and I know that there's a program and things that you have that you would like to share with us. You have a 12 week high performance coaching program. Is that right? Yes. I'm blessed and privileged to have trained under Brendan Burchard, he is a well-known personal development and high-performance coach and speaker, and it's a program he literally uses with his clients. And some of his clients, you may have heard of like Usher, Oprah and her team, Sir Richard Branson. It's based on 20 years of research of what the highest performers and successful people do. And high-performance just means It doesn't mean you're a multimillionaire or super ambitious. All it means is that you constantly strive to be your best, to live your best life. That's it. So it's a 12-week program. It is really great when you need some direction in life and you just have that niggling inside of you that says something is off, something isn't quite right. I just don't feel fulfilled. And you don't have to go through trauma or tragedy. It's just right. that I'm working a great job, but I don't like it. There's something about it. It's just something inside that want more. more. You want more mm-hmm. out of life and you don't know what that is. And that's what that, this coaching program does. It helps you clarify and get you in the direction that you want to go and define what that roadmap looks like. Very cool. Now, uh, you also said something about a high-performance planner. Is that something that is like a gift that you give? Do you have to take the program to get that? Or is that something that you just are offering for the listeners today? So the high-performance planner is something that is a bonus offer if they sign up for the group coaching program, the 12-week group coaching program. Okay. So it comes with that. Okay. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you have overcome some great challenges in your life that are, you know, super hard. And we just commend you for being able to get through all that and be able to come out on top. And thank you for showing us how it's done and how you can move forward through your trials. So any of you that are dealing with depression, living in a a marriage with a narcissist or having narcissist parents or alcoholic parents and having situations 
as Deanna has, you can overcome those. We all know that. And if you're interested in her program, we're going to leave a link that you can connect to, and we will make sure that you get her information to be able to connect to that program with her. And Deanna, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And I'm grateful to have you. Thank you so much. It is such a blessing. And I'm so happy and excited for the work that you do in serving others to live a happy life. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just trying to give hope to those that need it, that there are ways that we can get out of situations and find hope and passion and love in our life. So thank you so much. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow. Thank you.